Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Community family and friends, those of you uh, who are who are our extended family, thank you for tuning in today. If you don't mind, go ahead and hit the share button and post this on your page, or uh, you can click. Uh, the share button and share this with your friends in Messenger. Um, the reason for that is because we want to share the message of hope as much as we can. Uh, we want this to go everywhere. Over the last two months, we have seen a huge uh, just reaction and connection with folks from really all over the world um, who are tuning in because you all have been sharing this stuff and it's been touching lives and we've been able to hear these things and it's just been an awesome, awesome testimony to hear what the message of hope and what Christ is doing uh, here and all over the place. Um, So know, Hope Community, that you are making a difference and folks are hearing hearing, uh, these words and lives are being changed. We are starting our summer adventure. We, we started this last week, and, and we're reading through the book of Luke. Uh, this past week, we read chapters 1 and 2. Uh, this week, we're going to look at chapters 3 and 4. Um, but uh, if you're behind, don't worry. You can jump right back in there. It's just two chapters every week. And uh, if you missed out on the first week, you can catch up real fast and dig into chapters 3 and 4 before uh, Wednesday and Sunday. So... Uh, It's been exciting, um, but uh, we uh, can't wait uh, to get into uh, this book deeper and deeper. The whole point in reading the Gospel of Luke is so uh, we can read, recognize, understand, and see the good news and apply it in real-life scenarios, apply it where we're at right now. Uh, That the good news is not just something that we read on the book. The good news is not just for something that's going to happen to in the future, but the real good news is for right here and right now, and it's for your life, and it's for the scenarios that you are involved in in your neighborhood. Um, so that's why we're digging in, and we're going to look at some things, and it might make us a little uncomfortable, uh, but sometimes you have to get uncomfortable to learn some things to move forward. Um, so that's why we're doing this right now. It's finding out uh, the good news for real life. So what I thought we would talk about today is hope in the middle of ashes. And uh, how we're going to start is we're going to look at um, the world that Jesus was born into. Okay? Uh, You have um, a country, the the country that Jesus is born in, Israel, is an occupied country. It's occupied by Roman forces. Uh, Within that uh, within those borders, you have uh, Jews and Samaritans and, and all, really, all different ethnicities there. Um, there's definitely a difference uh, in class. You've got lower class, middle class, and then you've got the the powerful, the rich. So there's definitely oppression happening. happening. Uh, there's huge taxation on all the citizens. Not only that, but you have the Romans who have 
begun conquering the known world, and they have literally taken folks from uh, Germany and France and even went into Britannia or went into to Great Britain and have conquered people and enslaved them and then uh, pulled the men and put them in an army, and now they're using that army from other countries <laughs> against their will to come and now oppress this people down in the Middle East. Um, you have uh, folks that have been dealing with oppression for centuries. Um, they've been promised a Messiah, not a Messiah that not, to not only save them, but really to bring salvation, healing, and hope to the entire world. They're waiting on it. Um, you have uh, poverty, oppression, slavery, uh, uh, class warfare, uh, it's in the in these times that you're seeing folks rise up and and whether they intended it or not, they're being uh, because they're preaching a message of freedom. They're being declared a messiah like figure and then riots and and fights and even uh, unrest is breaking out um, to the point to where uh, in Jesus's time, if there is any ounce of resistance or any ounce of protest, it's immediately stamped out by the Romans. Um, so it's in this time frame and in this period that Jesus shows up. And if you look at, you know, the beginnings of the book of Luke, it starts out with um, a man named Zechariah, who's a priest who's now in old age. And he has no children. His wife is barren. Um, so not only are we seeing pain and hurt on a on a uh, societal level, but here we're starting the story out with pain and hurt in a in a legitimate uh, personal level, the micro level. Here, here's a man and a woman who have um, who have no family, who have no kids, and an angel comes and tells Zechariah that he's going to have a son. They're going to name him John, and he's going to be the precursor to the Messiah coming. So in the midst of hurt and pain, in the midst of ashes of brokenness, is hope. And not only is there hope, we're going to have a son, but the, but this son is going to be the precursor to hope with a capital H, right? Um, from there, we hear about the story of Mary. And we talked about this last Sunday, the story of Mary. Um and if you haven't done any research, you need to dig in a little bit. It's not hard. Just tons of commentaries out there. You can go to our website and uh, you can see some of the resources that we've posted there. Wearehopecommunity.com. And there's some links for some commentaries and some translations and some study Bibles that will break this down for you. So you can see the history and see the, the, the scenarios and the things being played out behind the words. But, but Mary's from a poor family. Uh, she would be considered lower middle class or even poor peasant level um it's to her that the angel shows up and makes this statement good morning you're beautiful with god's beauty beautiful inside and out god be with you and not only is it a beautiful personal micro uh story right um but on the macro when you pull out and look at the bigger story uh this is not only a message to mary in this moment but this is a message to all humanity that of how the father sees us he calls us beautiful with god's beauty because we're created in his image we're beautiful inside and out and the father is with us that's a message to all humanity right 
And then the angel goes on to, to tell Mary that she's going to give birth to the son of the highest, give birth to Jesus, um, which is a beautiful, miraculous story in itself. And it's the beginning of this whole thing beginning to play out. But when you pull back and look at the bigger picture here, it's also a message to humanity that Christ is coming. He's revealing to us who we are, shows us our relationship with the Father, and now we go present that message of Jesus, that mirror, to the rest of the world. So in other words, we give birth to the message of Jesus. We're beautiful inside and out. The Father is with us, and now we give birth to that message. So in the midst of all this happening in this scenario, basically the ashes of society, so to speak, you've got oppression, you've got, uh, you've got clashes between different eth- ethnicities and, and, and certain races being considered lower than human. And we have slaves from other countries coming here and now they're forced into being a part of an army to oppress other people, right? Um, you've got all kinds of religious unrest because you've got different sects of groups in a religion that's supposed to be proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, but now they're all separated, they're all segregated, they're all mad at one another because they're all, they're right or they're right. And not on, not only on top of that, but where you have the Romans oppressing the poor, you've also got the religious system oppressing the poor. And in the midst of all that, you have the at the beginning these two stories of one a family who has nothing. They don't even have children, and they're still holding out on hope, right? They're still going to the temple. They're still praying every week. They're still holding out for a Messiah, and an angel shows up and says, you're going to have a kid. And not only are you going to have kid, a kid, and that's going to bring hope in your household, but he is going to be the precursor to hope. And then he shows up to a poor woman who um, is, already, is already poor and um, is already sitting under this oppressive system from both sides and now she's being told who she really is that she's beautiful that she's created in the image of God that that the father is with her and that she's going to give birth to the hope of the world what what yes and so here is hope in real world scenarios this is the good news taking place and Mary is so in all of it um, she doesn't have an attitude of, I can't believe this, but she, she grabs onto it and she says, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. She grabbed onto that hope. It changed her life. Though, e- even though she was poor, so to speak, in the eyes of everyone else, to the Father, she was rich. And she began to act rich in her heart. She got the real good news. And she says, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to work with you, Father. I'm ready to do this together, just as you said it. And so if you skip over to the actual birth of Jesus, I want to read to you from uh, just a little bit of commentary from the NLT Illustrated Study Bible, this big, huge whopper right here. What I love about it is it has all these beautiful, uh, colorful pictures uh, taken from uh different paintings and different artwork uh, depicting stories from the Jesus, uh, uh, of the Jesus, (laughs) depicting the story of Jesus, all right? So, uh, but from the commentary here, it says, Luke's account of the birth of Jesus is a study in contrast. On one side is the lowliness of the birth, 
a poor peasant couple makes their way to their ancestral home of Bethlehem to register for a census imposed on them by the oppressive Roman Empire. So their journey is long and hard, uh, and when they arrive, they find that there's no place to there's no place to lodge, and they are consigned to a place reserved for animals. And there is a sense of poverty and rejection and obscurity. At the birth of this child, announcements are not made to great kings or to the rich and powerful, but to the, the lowly shepherds watching their flocks in the field. And so we have this picture. Here's this, this poor couple. They're traveling to go take part of a census imposed by a, an oppressive government. When they get there, there's no place to stay. And so they're, they're, they're basically in a stable. They're basically at a place for animals, which is what these oppressive systems would have saw them as. And from this place where they see, uh, where how, how they're looked upon and they're seen, comes the greatest hope for all humanity. See, where other people saw them as less than human, where they have to stay with animals, the Father saw them as beautiful, uh, created in His image, and from them, they would give birth to the greatest hope for humanity. Announcements are made to the shepherds. And this is what's interesting about uh, the shepherds. If you, um, if you dig in a little bit, and I'm... Uh, Francois Dutrois just released um, the first 16 chapters of Luke from a mirror translation. And um, I'm going to read from Luke 2, 8. It says, Now uh, there were also shepherds in the area keeping watch at night over their flock in the open fields. And there's an interesting thing about this phrase, their flock. Um, it's not just meaning the shepherd's flock. It's actually meaning that um, it's the flock that is being raised of uh, sheep that are without blemish. They're basically temple shepherds guarding temple sheep that are used for sacrifice. And that's who the angel showed up to tell. And the angel goes on to say, um, you, ha you have no reason to fear. Listen, I have the most wonderful announcement to make. This will lead to the great, this, uh, this will lead to the great encounter of the most joyful bliss for every single person on the planet. For your savior was born this day in the city of David, the Messiah, the master. He, sh the angel shares that with these shepherds who are guarding temple sheep reserved for sacrifice, and they would recognize that language from the book of Isaiah, where it says, for unto us a child is born. Check this out. So lowly shepherds guarding temple sheep. Like, think about it. That's like, of all the temple duties, that's like low man on the totem pole next to maybe like sweeping out the stuff or cleaning up the sacrifice. That's one of the lowest things that you could do at a temple, right? At this time. Um, and, and not only that, it's the night watch. <laughs> it's not even during the day. It's at night when there's all kinds of crazy things happening. Uh, it's the most dangerous time. Think about it. Bandits, animals, all kinds of crazy things. So, my phone died. Let's pick up where we left off, okay? So, um, these shepherds who are at the bottom end of the spectrum when it comes to temple duties um, are uh, given this message. They recognize the words of Isaiah, and now they take the trip to go see uh, the Messiah, and it says that they departed with great urgency and searched until they found until they found them, Mary and Joseph, with their little baby who was lying in the feeding trough. 
And having now seen for themselves, they boldly shared the significance of their encounter and how the prophetic word was communicated to them concerning this child. Verse 18 in chapter 2, everyone who heard this story was filled with wonder. And so when I read those scriptures, you know, I used to think, well, they just were so excited when they when they left the stable. You know, they were just kind of proclaiming it and telling everybody they met on the side of the road, hey, we this happened and, and the words of Isaiah have now come true. But um, when you understand who these shepherds were, the tendency is that when they took the flock back to the temple, they told him, hey, listen, guys, we had this encounter and we have seen the fulfillment of that prophecy from Isaiah. And it filled those temple, other temple workers and other folks with wonder. It brought hope in the midst of all these ashes, so to speak, that's all around them, their lives and their, the, the, their oppression and, and their pain and their hurt and all this stuff. And it brought hope to the point that it filled them with wonder. And it said that Mary uh, treasured all these things, pondering in her heart and so forming as in a, a, a mental mosaic, her picture of Christ and all who he would be. She began to dream of all the things that Jesus would do. And you can just imagine, she's seeing these shepherds, and we know in, in, in another gospel that later on, a couple weeks later, uh, there's an encounter with uh, the wise men from the east who are folks who are not even uh, from the same country, not even from the same, they're not even Jewish people, but they're coming from the outside who would be considered Gentiles, have followed a star and have come to, to, to see this promised Messiah. And so you can kind of see Mary just starting to dream a little bit and saying, wow, the, you know, this angel was right. Um, my son is going to bring hope to the entire world. And you can almost feel this, this urgency in her that there's, I look around me and I see so many people hurting and they're just waiting for some sort of hope and looking for it. And here is this promised hope and, and it's going to be available for anybody. And so if we can, we can just kind of pull back a little bit from these stories beyond just the folks that are involved in it and really see the good news here and see how we should have that same hope on the inside of us that we should dream a little bit and say, oh my goodness, here's this good news. It's, it's so amazing, so wonderful. It's so full of hope that we can now begin to dream of what would happen if we would actually share it with folks in their real life day-to-day, boom, this is going on, and here's the good news. Um, I love the description of Luke from the Message Bible. Um, it says, Luke is the most vigorous champion of the outsider. He was an outsider himself, the only Gentile in an all-Jewish cast of New Testament writers. He shows how Jesus includes those who typically were treated as outsiders by the religious establishment of the day. Women, common laborers like shepherders, um, the radically different like the Samaritans, the poor. Um, He would not put up with religion as a club. As Luke tells the story, all of us who have found ourselves on the outside looking in on life with no hope of gaining entrance, and, and, and who of us hasn't felt like that, now find the doors wide open uh, and are found are found and welcomed by God in Jesus. Jesus shows us who the Father is and shows us 
that his arms are open wide and welcoming, welcoming us into his family. He's created us in his image. We are loved. He calls us beautiful. He values us. And through his son, he shows us this message of good news. And so I, I, I want you to take hope today. I want you to see it. Because in the midst of what you could consider the ashes of your life, hope is springing up like a rose. In the midst of all the chaos and all the craziness, a rose is rising up. Showing you that the, the ash that you think is your life is not who you really are. Who you are is that rose. That's who... That's who the Father says you are. It's in these moments when we feel like, for the most part, for ourselves, we feel like everything's okay. And it's easier, it's easier, it's easy to get those blinders on where we feel like, well, just because everything's okay for us, that everything's okay for everybody else. Why is everybody complaining? Why is everybody saying all this stuff? But when you start reading the gospel, the good news, and when you start bringing it into your heart, automatically there should be this pull um, to start seeing folks and seeing them where they are. Seeing that they're hurting and that they're broken and they need to hear the good news. They need to hear uh, who, uh, who they really are. That they're beautiful, that they're loved, that they're valued, that they're created in the image of God. And even though they might have grown up and heard that all their life, Sometimes in these real life scenarios in society, they're told that that's not who they are. They're told that they're less than. They're told that they're not important. They're told that they can't have the same thing that you and I have. And so it's in moments like these where the church who are carriers of the gospel and carriers of hope that we start speaking the truth. And we start speaking up for the poor and the oppressed and the broken. I mean, what did Jesus say after he came out of the wilderness for fasting for 40 days? He goes to the temple and he reads in the book of Isaiah. What's he say? He says, I have, he reads the passage, he says uh, that he has come to proclaim liberty to the captives and sight to the blind, freedom for the oppressed, right? And who are we supposed to be? Jesus said that we would go and do greater things than he did, right? Because there was going to be more of him on the earth. Because his spirit would be in us. Acts 1.8 says, which we that have grown up in the Pentecostal charismatic world like to quote a lot, but we don't know a lot about it and we don't know how to operate in it. <laughs> but Right? We just celebrated Pentecost. The Holy Spirit will come upon you to do what? To fill you with power, to be great witnesses. Witnesses to what? Witnesses to a system, to an organization, to a, to a club? No, witnesses to the good news. To bring good news to the poor and the oppressed and the hurting and the broken. Right? To, to get down on that level where we're seeing things from the same place and sharing love, joy, peace, sharing, sharing those things with them. 
So be, in, be encouraged, okay? Hope is here, and you're carriers of that hope. And if you feel like that, that when you look around you, you see chaos, you see, see scorched earth, ashes everywhere, and you're like, oh, take hope today. Because what you see around you, that's not, that's not you. That's not who you are. Let hope rise and see yourself how the Father sees you. If you have friends and family that are hurting and broken, if your neighbors are hurting and broken right now and all they see around them is this, a lot of this, and brokenness and pain, man, be hope to them. And maybe being hope to them is you just listening. Maybe it's you just telling them that you love them or telling them that you're here for them or telling them, hey, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need a shoulder to cry on, I'm right here. Maybe they just need you to stand with them. Maybe they need to take a break and you need to stand in the gap. I'm going to let that sit for a moment. Maybe you need to stand in the gap. Maybe you need to voice Maybe you need to voice your um, support and your love for those that feel oppressed. Maybe that's what you need to do. Um, I'm going to close with this story. I had something happen to me this week. Um, my kids were at Nana's house. Uh, they were getting ready to go swimming. And Lindsay and I were headed that way. And Lynn's wanted to stop at uh, Home Depot and look at some plants. We we uh, were looking for Slorancho. So I say it so funny. Slorancho, Slorancho. I don't know how to say it. It's the stuff that you cut up and you and you put in salsa. It's good stuff, right? Uh, just different things for the garden that we we used to cook with and um, some other things. And we so we stopped to see if Home Depot had them. And we were also looking for some pots and stuff. And so we got our stuff and uh, we walked out from the garden center and we're heading back to the van. And as I was opening the trunk to put these things that we had got in it, I could hear something pull up behind me. And so as I shut the gate of my uh, of the back of the van, I heard somebody say, what's that sticker mean? And uh, <laughs> growing up around here, and, uh, you know, having stickers on all my vehicles from um, different messages and bands that I love and, and uh, wearing band shirts all the time and definitely being a part of a subculture and punk rock and hardcore, um, especially being a Christian and, and, and listening to those things and being a part of that and putting out music like that and growing up in the church, you, you just wait for conversations like this because you know it's just going to be a negative Larry or a negative Nancy just ripping on you, you know, some sort of complaint. And then in the midst of everything that's happening right now, it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have an argument with somebody. I don't want to do anything like this. I, you know, that just instant, like judging, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go through this. All right. Um, and I was thinking like, I got a ton of stickers on the back of my van. Which one's this guy talking about? So I turn around and I look and it's an old man in a, in a truck. And so instantly I'm like, oh man, 
He says the hope, and he, he just he basically said the hope dealer sticker. What's that mean? And so I'm so frustrated and just waiting for argument. I just kind of give a half-hearted blah, you know, just kind of like horrible of me to do, but it just kind of came out that way. And the guy's face lit up, and he said, "Man, I never thought of it like that. That's what we need to do. We need to deal some hope. We need to keep. We need to tell the message of hope." And so we started this conversation, and I'm just completely blown away. Here's, the, I mean, he's a seventy-some-year-old man. Starts telling me a little bit of his story, and how he um, he in Charleston, West Virginia, at one point when it when the church looked down on such things, uh, when when most of the church was totally against it, he was a part of a homeless and drug rehabilitation center. Uh, they were constantly trying to help those who were poor and in need and oppressed. His words, um, uh, and. Uh, looking for different ways to cross lines, uh, to reach out to people and to share Christ with them. And more importantly, not just share Christ with them, but to be hope and to offer, you know, assistance and help and, and a shoulder to cry on. And I'm just, I'm just blown away because <laughs> I was expecting something completely different. And uh, he looks at me, he says, man, what do you do? And he, I, I think he could tell the sense of relief in my face. And I, you know, say, Hey, I, I pastor Hope Community Church and, you know, you know, hope dealing has been our message from, from the get go. You know, we say hope is here. You know, we like to tell people that we are a hope community and uh, man, he was just, he was just so excited and um, said that he had even pastored some uh, and has now retired. Uh, And the last thing he said to me is, he said, man, he said, keep, keep Dylan hope to the poor and the oppressed and the hurting. We need it so much. And pulled off. And so later I, you know, after that I, I got into the car and Lindsay asked me and I was just honestly so blown away and dumbfounded. I kind of just ran through the scenario real quick but really didn't get into the, the depth that happened in that moment. And so we went and hung out with the kids and swam a little bit and then, you know, some other things happened and we finally got home and it's late and getting the kids ready for bed and I, I go out on our deck and it's nice out and I grab my message Bible and uh, like I have on a lot of my Bibles I have it uh, engraved it says my name and then it says Hope Dealer like the sticker on the back of my van and then that's when it really hit um, that there's more of us out there than we think that are dealing hope and it's so easy It's so easy to see all the negative compared to the positive things, the good things that are happening out there. On a micro level, yes, there's a lot to do. And uh, there's still a a fight and there's still a push and there's still a lot of standing up to racism and oppression and and helping the poor. And there's a lot of work that has to be done to to work with addicts and different things. There's a lot of stuff the church has to do on on a micro level. There's a lot of things that that we need to, to preach the good news towards, right? To teach on good news, to share good news. There's a lot of that has happened. But when we back up macro level to look uh to take a breath and look out, man, stuff is happening, changing, shifting. And we've seen that for the last week or so. There's stuff happening. There's stuff shifting. Um, it's it's taking place. And there's more hope dealers out there than we think. It's kind of like that moment where, um, who is it, Elijah or Elisha? He's complaining to God. And then God says, uh, yeah, um, but I've got, I've got a bunch of dudes over here that's 
probably doing twice as much as what you've been doing over here complaining. It's, it's almost like one of those scenarios. It's kind of like what I had yesterday. I had this encounter with this old man, and I'm like, well, there's more of us out there. And it, it, it's someone, you know, just like how someone looks at me sometimes when I've got a band shirt and a hat on like this and, and stickers on the back of the car and people are automatically prejudging me, right? I turned around and prejudged this old man who I thought would never have the same ideas and thoughts and, and love for everybody and doing uh, work uh, uh, with reconciliation and stuff like that. I never would have thought that. And, you know, and here it was, pressing, pushing hard in his 70s to see things like this happen. So I just want to leave you with that encouragement. It may look like life and different things are, are just an ash heap but like those pictures that you see on the internet when people talk about beauty for ashes there's there's we have some roses we have some things beginning to to, to sprout up and I, and I feel like that the roses are overtaking the ashes and hope is here and you're a part of that message if you don't feel like you are I'm telling you right now you are a part of the message of hope and your life and your love and how you carry yourself and how you respond to things and how you how you look at things all of that is a witness and all of that brings out hope for others so uh, my charge for you in reading these next two chapters chapters three and four in our summer adventure through Luke my challenge for you is how can your perspective change how can you see things differently where you start seeing the roses where you start looking for places where you can plant the roses of hope, where you can plant these flowers that are going to bring about growth into where the poor, the oppressed, the hurting, those who see no hope can hold on to something and find relief, reconciliation, and help. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, it was so good to have you. Um, don't forget to go to our website, uh, we are hopecommunity.com to get some more resources on uh, the book of Luke that we're going through. Uh, we're also, uh, I'm going to show a clip right after I'm done talking here. So don't go anywhere. Hang out for a second. It's, it's like less than a minute long, but I'm going to show you a clip from the series The Chosen. Uh, we're looking to in uh, July to start watch parties uh, where we. Um, check out the series and it's just about uh the life of jesus and his disciples and how it uh and and you can kind of see uh not only you know we're reading the gospel luke but now we're going to be able to see the gospel hear the gospel and man that i don't know about you but when i'm able to see here and read it does something to the heart man it, it just helps um and so uh we're going to be doing that in july after our here's another big announcement after our first gathering it's going to be july the 5th at a 11.30, not 10.30, 11.30. I have some more details coming out for that uh, this coming week. Um, but um, it, it's we're going to have a, 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 a one-time meeting in July uh, to set things up for the whole month. And you'll be hearing some more information about that. It's I'm so excited about what we're going to be doing this summer. So anyway, stay tuned. Check out the, uh, the trailer for The Chosen. We're going to be digging into that in July. And don't forget... Circle it, putting, put it in your calendar, July the 5th, 11.30 a.m. We're going to be getting together. I'll give you some more information about that coming up in the next week. Um, but we're really excited to connect and uh, see what the Father's about to do. All right, thank you. I'm going to tell everyone. 
I was counting on it. <laughs> My son, they've run out of wine. Mother, my time has not yet come. If not now, when? <laughs> I'm ready, Father. It has begun. What has? Miracles. Signs and wonders. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You have experienced a miracle, Mary. I saw it. It was incredible. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The man has a following. He's a rogue who answers to no one. You asked me before if I knew his name. Now everyone knows his name, and I fear for his safety. Throw this down for a catch. Do you think that impossible things can happen? Overturn the laws of nature. It cannot be explained. Rise. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. This is different. Get used to different. My whole life I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, Nicodemus, and you'll see more. God loves the world in this way. He gave his only son. I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> I was counting on it. Anything is possible now. Don't you see? Let's go. I was one way. And now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, 
check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure. Thank you.